0: vonde Radio. It is a great pleasure today to be joined by my friend Dr Russell who uh, is a recurrent guest with vonde Radio and always valued for offering his penetrating insight and lucidity on events in church and state. And today Dr Russell who is a commentator, Catholic author and journalist with The Remnant, Crisis and other publications and is here to talk about the current situation in the world with the crisis in the church, with the, the COVID pandemic and, and the, the political responses to that, the economic consequences, the social consequences, and the, the deterioration of the, the social fabric, particularly in the United States recently and situating this in a panorama that he believes that will, will culminate in the reign of Our Lady. So, Dr. Russell, welcome back.
1: Thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm here at a farm, and so there may be some interruptions of chickens or peacocks or uh, maybe cats making sounds, that sort of thing. So apologies to the viewer. Um,
0: yeah, it's, it's the strange. The joys of uh, lockdown rural life.
1: Yeah, it's 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 strange to, uh, I was thinking about this earlier today, about how sort of, um, well, there's a term from Hannah Arendt, a famous term when she saw um, Eichmann in Jerusalem, the banality of evil. And so, you know, we reflect on these other events, these attacks in the church, um, you know, the 30 Years' War, the um, French Revolution, the Russian Revolution, it, and now we have like these groups, Antifa, Black Lives, and this sort of thing, and there's a sort of sense of, mediocrity about it i mean these people are being protected by the police while they tear down these statues and smash them and they have the endorsement of all these corporations uh and there is this persecution of the church but it's kind of cowardly fly by night you know throw paint in the statue of our lady or something like that they're not mm. they seem incapable that of, of like i don't know some of the horrors of the spanish civil war for example i mean certainly we may see something like that coming but there is uh, one of these things that this, uh, these, these writing and vandalism points to is a sort of uh, the spiritual exhaustion that evil generates.
0: Yes. Yes, exactly. The, 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 the fact that evil ultimately destroys itself and, and we can take great hope and consolation in that fact. The human material today is, is simply lower quality. And so, uh, as you say, the, the, the kind of degenerate anarchist activist in Portland is is less of a, a threat in a sense, in a, a physical sense, to than um, hardened Spanish factory workers that have been agitated and radicalised by communist agents. But I think many listeners will be familiar with the Catholic reading of the modern age, of the what some have called the fifth age of the, the church, the status afflictionis, the age of afflictions, which began with the decay of the late Middle Ages, the, the so-called Renaissance, and then the, the pseudo-Reformation. And one of the ways to remember these, these three great revolutions is the 317s. So 1517, Martin Luther, 1717, the Union of the Grand Lodge, of Freemasonry in, in London, the Enlightenment, and then the French Revolution, and then 1917, the Bolshevik Revolution. The uh, Brazilian Catholic author, thinker, Dr. Planeo Oliveira, wrote about an abhorning Fourth Revolution, and he, he believed that this had begun to take place in his lifetime with the, the Social and Cultural Revolution of the, the 1960s, and... For him, the characteristics of the Fourth Revolution are an anarchist. It's an anarchist uh, revolution, which ultimately leads to a a form of tribalism. Because, referring to the the nature of evil the mysterium iniquitas, even the Third Revolution has a certain logos with a small L. In exalting state for example and the worker collectivity but the fourth revolution dissolves even that you see the the abhorning fourth revolution with the the synthesis of Marxism and Freudianism in thinkers like Wilhelm Reich and Herbert Marcuse. Uh, Herbert Marcuse who said that the youth revolt of 68 is quote a rebellion at the same time moral political sexual a total rebellion it originates in the dead individuals. Young people are willing to sacrifice a lot of material goods to lead a life finally governed by freed vital instincts, End quote. So the fourth revolution is, a, is an internal revolution within the Italian Marxist Antonio Gramsci. Uh, critiqued the fact that factory worker might be a revolutionary in in the workplace but was a reactionary in family life by still cleaving to a family hierarchy for example and so what needed to happen was a revolution within man himself where where reason as the highest faculty was overthrown into the passions which perfectly reverses the work of grace in in the human being so do you see our current travails as as part of this Fourth Revolution continuing or its results consequences?
1: Well, I, I think I'm I'm looking here at some of the um, uh, writings of Venerable Bartholomew Holhauser of the 17th century, and I think that one of the things I've learned is that uh, a lot of this prophecy, and then even, you know, prophecy in the Bible, it's ultimately a mystery in a certain sense, and so I'm not claiming to be an expert on this sort of thing, or my take is the authoritative take. I certainly could be wrong. But one of the things that he talks about his fifth age of the church, which you mentioned, um, is that there is going to be a desolation of the church. And this is something that you and I were kind of talking about before we started recording that I talked about some other Catholic journalists, is a lot of people today, you know, in the church who are traditionalists or conservatives just feel totally lost. And it's some people would think you know this group or that group or this you know magazine or this newspaper is going to have a message, but it seems to be that in many ways we're adrift. People feel lost. there's this desolation. And uh, the second word he used to describe it is one of humiliation. Hmm. And so I think most of us, especially with all these scandals in the church, you know where the claims made by you know french revolutionaries or marxists about like corrupt priests and whatever that at the time you could say in the 18th or 19th century or 20th century early 20th century it's like oh no this is not true and maybe largely right all the dirty laundry of the church has aired you, you know or at least the church's members um and there is has been this tremendous humiliation but one of the things he mentions that's going to guide during this period of fifth age of church which i think you know we still are in um is the council of trent and i kind of read that as being the perennial teaching of the church mm. so i think that more than turning to like blogs and podcasts even though we're doing podcasts right now uh, is to be rooted in the traditional doctrine and teaching of the church yes. and I, I think that's definitely you know the guide and also you know you mentioned this attack on you know the human personality so you have the dethroning we've lost all our kings, Uh, God himself has been uh, dethroned, Christ the king has been dethroned, but reason has been dethroned, and it's very much tied to, you know, sort of the anthropology behind this discussion of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And the Immaculate Heart of Mary, uh, in his work, the admirable Heart of Mary, is not just referring to her heart of flesh, but this kind of um, where a spiritual heart as well. And the corporeal heart which we have all passions and emotions. And what we need to focus on, I think, in this time and this is I will have some kind of judy stuff, I promise. All these apparitions and the try to make the heart. Inversion. Yes. You know, it's an version of our own heart and to try to make the sacred heart. That's the whole point behind it. People can talk endlessly about the consecration of Russia and this and that. But you know, as Catholics we're called holy and to know the truth. So, yes, I mean, I don't know exactly what stage in the revolution we are in. Definitely moving, shifting into, you know, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was Professor Plinio talks like the the fifth or the final age, which is the open practice of occultism and Satanism. So we definitely have that uh, in our midst. Uh, I think I'm a little bit older than you, and so I, I remember a time where even just minor eruptions in the 1980s panic and we're saying, you know, we're in big trouble, this album cover has this occult symbol on it or something like that. But you see this stuff, it's pervasive, uh throughout the culture. So I think that the the response to this um this unsettling of our personality and unsettling of our uh you know our soul and you know where we most of us are slaves to our passions. We don't have a good sort of foundation on which we can work. And so, like, I think we've maybe talked about this before in another interview, but, you know, John Locke's idea of a tabula rasa, you know, that is not true, but it has become true for us in a certain sense that the traumatic effects of things in families, the traumatic effects of living in a post-industrial society, our minds and our hearts, you know, like these blank slates that can be written on, can be manipulated. And so we are kind of prepared from youth to um to be manipulated it's pretty you know i don't want an old man post here but especially this youngest generation i've seen uh among gen z where take the covid thing extremely seriously and so someone is working at a grocery store or something they're very young they're, they're very serious about you know you need to do this you need to do that you need to do the other thing we need to get on zoom and, and not have you know university classes or whatever. Mm. And so this this newest generation and, and I'm sure they plays a certain role in this has is been completely malleable and completely socially engineered.
0: Yes. I think it's it's helpful to recall a quite distinction between the virtue of studiousness and the vice of Is sort of salacious interest in the yeah, as you say, these sort of current affairs and allowing them to, to go beyond, to eclipse your own devotional life, for example. If if as a Catholic you are spending more time reading about the intricacies of Pope Francis's you know, latest heterodox statement rather than praying, then, then that's a problem, uh, which is not to minimize those problems that, that are present in the church at all. It's just to say that for the devil the, the revolutionaries already possesses, he's not out to get them he's out to get you, he's out to get those Catholics who who are living lives of grace and so he will look for these ways these very cunning ways to make us fall and so the the vice of curiosity is, is certainly one of those I think but to to return to the, the sequence of revolutions, this revolutionary process The I think another way to to consider the, 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 the shift to the fourth revolution is the shift from modernity to post-modernity or hyper-modernity. Modernity is, is the enlightenment, is the postmodernity Post-modernity is the dismissal of reason as, or any truth claim, as gambits for power and the dismissal of all universals in accord with this this chaos theory and this is something philosophers like jürgen habermas have shown themselves have been very panicked about and have tried to enlist the church buttress the enlightenment project but nevertheless there's this disillusion of the political form of society the state along with the disintegration of reason which is the sovereign faculty of the human soul and professor Plinio very interestingly predicted this will be a tribal revolution. On the one hand will be the collapse of the dictatorship of the proletariat as a result of a new crisis by which the hypertrophied state will be the victim of its own hypertrophy. I don't know if we've ever had a dictatorship of the proletariat or instead it's been a dictatorship of the bourgeoisie. But nevertheless this this tribal aspect is is very interesting. He is right that the the revolution which previously took as its revolutionary subject the proletariat has a new proletariat which are Feminists, pacifists, ecologists, ethnic liberationists, margini- marginalized minorities, drug addicts, homosexuals, and to, to endow these so called oppressed minorities with a revolutionary consciousness so it 's a revolutionary metamorphosis whose goal is the same the the dissolution of the Christian social order and ultimately the destructurization you see the manifestation of this tribal revolution in the increase of of piercings, tattoos and the the reversion to tribal maintenance with people think of sort of free love that it's this revolutionary concept that it's it's a promiscuous thing which it it is but also it's it's very tribal in that you tend to have males who are very sexually promiscuous a small group of males who who mate with a a large group of females which is exactly what you see in tribes this mask coercion is a big escalation and again seems part fourth revolution tribes wear masks particularly in ritual contexts to dissolve individual identities and personalities in the collective consciousness and there does seem to be something of Rousseau's supreme will the will with a capital W which has assumed into itself all wills. Of course recently we had what my friend calls the third Vatican Council, the Amazon Synod which which seemed to introduce this uh, Synodal Church, this kind of church suited to post-modernity to the fourth revolution and coincidentally or not it was a very tribal affair so i think if you go deeper into dr plinio's analysis he he talks about revolutionary depths so revolution occurs on three three levels three depths it begins with the uh, with revolution in tendencies human modes of behavior, fashion, language, culture, then it rises to revolutionary ideas where those tendencies Become formalized in ideologies, it rises through the, geo- through the revolutionary terrain to the revolutionary revolution in facts. So you could say that, for example, to use the example of the Second Revolution, you had the revolutionary tendencies, which were the softening of Catholic culture uh, and its extreme sensuality and the kind of corruption of the Baroque, for the, the immorality in the French court, for example. Which gave rise to the revolutionary ideas, which were those in Enlightenment, which then birthed the revolution in the facts, which was the actual execution of the king and the the complete de of of france uh so the fourth in terms of the fourth revolution i think we've seen the revolutionary the tendencies that was the sexual revolution and it's still continuing and it's continuing with homosexuality and the revolutionary ideas well you see that now with the the basically targeted attack on what remain on on western civilization and on the let's say the the white male on white power structures as they're, they're called uh, so how long it will be until the revolution, the facts and the states and the remaining social institutions of the West are dissolved? you know, remains to be seen, but but that does seem to be following that predicted course.
1: Yes, yeah, so you make a number of excellent points there. So, um, I'm trying to think, think of which one I would respond to first. I, I think that what's interesting, uh, doing some research for this interview about the reign of the Immaculate Heart, is that Allegedly, the great monarch who will come during the reign of that will be the descendant of Louis the Ninth, Saint Louis, King of France. And in America, we have this issue, this big contentious statue that is present in um, Saint Louis, um, Missouri, and the, uh, there's a desire to remove it. I think, you know, there there is there are a lot of reasons why European people and European civilization are detested. I think the purpose of our discussion, you know, one of the primary reasons is because it has been a vehicle for the Christianization of the world, and yes. uh, that there is a demonic hatred there. Now, that this, this that does not discount certain ethnic rivalry that may be present there. Uh, and interestingly, you know, you have in America this proliferation of different cults and this sort of thing, and uh, where uh, there's a lot of elements of you know inciting or wanting racial conflict, mm-hmm. and it, and this is one of the predictions of the. In times or in time situation, is nation will rise against nation, and it doesn't just mean like oh France will rise against Germany or something like that, but race will rise against race. There will be this conflict uh, there, and that out of that chaos will come some sort of order. And there is, I forget whether I talked about this with you or Tim Kelly. There is this weird occult desire to return back to the state of like Noah or Adam and Eve, where you have these humans who are, as Count Clergy uh, had mentioned, like look like the Egyptians. This idea, I'm not saying because someone is, you know, multiple ethnic backgrounds, something that they're bad or something, but like that, for whatever reason, there's a desire for that. Mm. One, you know, on the practical level, it just makes us more conformable. Cause I'm like, well, am I, you know, German or am I Nigerian or what am I? I don't know, but I, I'm gonna buy apple product, you know, drink. <laughs> uh Schweppes or whatever you drink in england and sort of thing and you know just sort of be a consumer without that, that'll be my consumer identity you know watch star wars and all that um what's interesting too is that you see on the right especially on the internet this desire to turn back to a tribal state mm-hmm. and i don't want to be too um go back to my old charismatic days or something but i i was praying to our lady of sorrows about this and, and received at least i think you know like some wisdom there where the ideal or like how European people lived when they traveled over the Euros into Europe is not the ideal form of life. That mm-hmm. is not the pinnacle of Christian civilization, mm-hmm. you know, or how pre indo european hunter-gatherers lived in Europe with kings and bears and that sort of thing. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I mean, those cave paintings are very beautiful. There are uh, uh, elements of that culture which are on a natural level admirable, but our goal... I would say is not like the 19th century or something the Victorian did, but that you know to reach a state of civil a civilization of true love rooted in charity and concord and it doesn't mean being effeminate or weak or liberal or this ultrahuman or something like that and so I, I think that's that's we have a dialectic going on in the right and the left where you know Antifa wants to return to this tribal state, but many on the right too
0: yes. Yes,
1: and uh, you know many people are pulled. People I know are pulled in that direction. Um, it's interesting what you mentioned about the masks as well, the anonymity, the erasure of identity, Andy
0: and the amalgamated.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. There is there's an it's 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 probably a sacrilegious movie, but I'll mention the prophecy. It's from the mid nineteen nineties, where the angel Gabriel has a second revolution in heaven or something, and so there's probably all kinds of gnostic weird stuff in there. But one of the interesting things is the character. The devil in there—he hates humans. And the demons—they all hate us, and they call us monkeys and stuff like that. Like, and you know that—that's that, some of the argument given for why there was this rebellion of, you know, like each some of these major, you know, demons and whatever. Uh, they hated this idea of the incarnation. They hated the idea of Our Lady. They hate these material animals, you know, or you know, rational animals that we are. And definitely there, there, there's this desire to chop up the body. I mean, there, there's um, the Terrence Malick movie, some sort of, I don't know if you know, he's a director, a kind of progressive quasi Episcopalian, quasi-Catholic uh, director. But uh, in his movie, To the Wonder, there, there's a scene where there's a uh, X-ray of... Uh, it's some sort of birth control device that goes into the uterus that prevents inception. But it's interesting because he's a more progressive director, but he shows ugly that is in there mm. uh, in the X-ray and how this is something unnatural. This is some bizarre thing that's present. So I, I think that's all um, entirely correct. And um, it definitely needs to be that we're in a time where, and you know, maybe we'll get a little bit into this, but you know, if you look at Revelation 12, where you know the followers of our lord our lady you know the woman flees into the wilderness in there so the woman clothed the sun that's our lady but it also could be an image of the church as well i'm not trying to add ad hoc but i think that the church fathers talk about that so i think the church is in the wilderness at this time you know her those who follow the commandment of god her seed are going to be persecuted and there's this you know image of like the devil falling to the the earth and you know, knocking the stars from the sky. Interestingly, there's a famous remnant uh, article by Patrick Archbold about in uh, I think it was 2016 or 2017. Uh, the, you know, the the constellation Virgo ha- was situated, so it was the woman clothed the sun, the stars with its head. But interestingly, the constellation Draco uh, sends out meteor showers, and so the dragon in the sky. Uh, and more recently, in years like 1933. Uh, you might know what happened in 1933. Yeah, January
0: 1933, yes. And uh, 1946,
1: 2011, 2018, and this happens right out of the apparitions. Um, and that, you know, we have this comment, Neowise. I'm not trying to be superstitious or anything like that, but the, even the scriptures say, you know, the stars kind of provide a story for yes. us.
0: Yeah,
1: of, and the you know, and history.
0: yeah, the physical bodies are governed by the angels. Sorry
1: yeah no so we definitely have this um i think this persecution going on i was talking with a friend of mine who's a catholic writer and another catholic writer he knows who's trying to be catholic during the, especially this year is undergoing tremendous persecution and um interestingly i you know the revelation reminds me of the book of job where the uh you know the devil comes before god and asked where he was and he said i've been wandering the earth mm. and so So, and the book of Tobit as well, and we'll kind of get into this immaculate heart and the the battle over the family, but, you know, it seems to be we have this tremendous oppression Mm. going on throughout the world. We have extraordinary activity; some of it's open, some of it's veiled, Uh, and so we are living through, I I mean, I'm not saying we're living through the end times, but we're living through this time where uh, we have this tremendous persecution of the church. I think in a certain sense this is kind of like given to us, you know, and, you know, these celestial events is like a sign of it.
0: That's fascinating. I think Dr. Planeo was very insightful to have identified this tribal nature of the revolution in our day, uh, considering the fact that he, he died in 1995, but several currents converge on the horizon of this fourth revolution, radical psychoanalysis, cultural Marxism. Postmodernism, structuralism, indeterminate physics, sociobiology, environmentalism—that's one I didn't mention earlier. Uh, veganism <laughs> and animalism. This galaxy of theories may best be defined as chaos theory. But this might not be the final revolution. He, he in his, in uh, his final years, he talked about a fifth revolution, and the fourth revolution marked the beginning of the extinction of Lumus. Lumen Rationis, the light of reason, a constant object of Dr. Neo's sociology and philosophy. This is Roberto de Mattei, he said, quote, Renunciation of the use of reason was theorized by exponents of postmodern thought, who replaced the rules of thought with magic techniques. Not surprisingly, the new religion being spread since the 70s is characterized by an attraction for gen oriental theories on emptiness and nothing. Its central core consists in merging Eastern religious tenets with spiritism, with so-called alternative medicine, mantra, yoga and Zen techniques, African tribal rituals based on hallucinogens. Uh, how many uh, western women today practice yoga for example continued uh, in its statement and procedures the revolution often seems delusional this is not surprising the revolution is properly speaking a delirium as clearly shown by the most manifestation of protestantism in the french revolution those who refuse the natural order plunge into the realm of chaos which is the dream or better the delirium of the devil to the degree that providence allows it the goal of the revolution is to establish the of the devil on earth That is, the visible presence of the devil, known, served, and glorified as such. What is the role played by UFOs and flying saucers in this ominous scenario? Could they not be the way chosen by the devil to present himself as redeemer of a humanity immersed in chaos and madness? Only saints can penetrate into the abyss of revolutionary mysticism. We leave it at that, limiting ourselves to record the existence of this dark mystery. So he talks about the degeneration to things like gender ideology, the sanctioning of homosexuality, the sin that cries to heaven for vengeance, one of the sins, and that these are all symptoms of and this preternatural activity, uh, this occultism is uh, is part of the aborning fifth revolution, which is open Satanism, and the fourth revolution prepares mankind for that by creating this collective consciousness he mentions how in the dark atmosphere of nightclubs or in the excitement of rock concerts, consciousness dissolves as collectivity offers the prince of this world a human matter suitable to be animated by his evil influence in these ambiences satanism demonolatry finds its natural humus the lowest degree in which human nature is broken and dissolved is what the devil needs in order to achieve his end, a counterfeit hyp- hyp- hypostatic union between Satan and the tribal community, which is the antithesis of the hypostatic union between the perfect human nature of Jesus Christ and his perfect divine nature.
1: Yeah, that's very interesting. You know, um, I'm thinking of how to phrase this. So there was a Protestant uh, kind of YouTuber named Face Like The Sun. He had talked about this, how the Internet provides the hive mind, you know, that, that the internet creates this link. And I think there's something, this may sound a little bit out there, demonic about the internet itself. And that, um, that you did, let me give this as an example. So where I live, you know, traditionally we would have people, you know, fishermen, fishermen you know, get on the river and go float in a, or, or a uh, raft or a boat and fish. Uh, My mother and I were driving yesterday and uh, we drove by the river and it was just full of people, just full of people. Now, how did that happen? You know, population in my state, but how did that happen where this meme gets out there where, you know, everyone knows to go, you know, like wants to go hiking and wants to go float on the river and do this stuff, whereas, you know, 10, 20 years ago they didn't. It's because Facebook and Twitter and whatever else, and they see Instagram, they see people out there doing things. And this meme enters consciousness. And so, you know, like our lady of... um, Uh, keto, our our lady of good success talks about you know like that this this wave and and a, a priest I know had referred to that I mean like that's what the internet provides is this like permeation of the airwaves with evil and it gets into excuse me people's minds and it totally penetrates it so yeah the idea of this collective hive mind these uh kind of brainwashed and easily malleable people is there. And I, I think it's something I was gonna to say to something you said earlier, I think we live in a post postmodern age or what's called a post ironic age where nihilism is the core, but above that it's like, like we must do these things. Mm. So like you go out and you talk to Antifa and like, Black Lives Matter and you're like, Well actually more white people are killed. But it doesn't matter. Right? It's sort it's, of this doctrine the, the without reason.
0: reason. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so reason has been extinguished, but now we follow these maxims. Like a friend of mine described the writings of Derrida as like this, just makes these statements you're supposed to be overawed by. If you begin to question them or whatever, things just got to fall apart. Um, I think without a doubt um, that this idea of the hive mind or collective mind is something that is going to be utilized you have like, I refer to it as kind of like a water slide. I don't know we call them in Great Britain, but water slide and people slide down it. Uh, you know, where people are just I meant as conveyor belts or water slide to help. In the sense of like they are manufactured from youth to conform to a certain, you know, lifestyle or whatever. And they're just kind of sent out. And so you have uh, these people who, you know, you could even describe it like a mass oppression or mass possession as well, yeah. where there are the, the walking dead. There's this famous... Um, article in the Atlantic Monthly, I think, in America. It's like, uh, our zombies ourselves? And it's about how all these zombie films are about ourselves. They're about the psycho- long-term psychological effects of, you know, using the internet, of psychiatric drug use, of, uh, you know, in America we have this thing, CBD. It's, uh, it's marijuana. Yeah, you. yeah, and it, you can tell people I know you know, you could tell when they're high on CBD, you know, they say it doesn't get you high, but you can definitely tell people I know that use it. It's they kind of got this kind of leering look as well. And so this, this mass of kind of slaves who are simply going to be manipulated is definitely true. And the last thing I'll say is that ironically on the right, there's this argument, well, you know, yoga is the real Indo-European, you know, religion, or Hinduism is the Aryan religion, and there's this Ur religion we got to get back to. We got to get back behind Christianity. And so we're going to hit from both sides. Mm. And, you know, there there are, there are writings of Julius Evola, you know, it talks about this, this Indo-European, this early Indo-European religion we've got to get back to. And interestingly, people like Steve Bannon read Evola. Yes. And, you know, so that that, that that we live, we don't realize, I think, how far we are gone. Mm. You know, I mean, even this even this summer I've noticed I think you and I talked about this off air one time, a, f- a further step toward degeneracy in the clothing women wear. Yes. It's almost, it's almost, it's, unbelievable. it's like, yeah. it's, it's bizarre. It's mm-hmm. uh, something where I remember when I was younger, if a girl dressed like that in high school or junior high it'd be a big deal and the parents have to come in. What's wrong? or something going on at home or something like that? And now it's like uh, totally normal and no one thinks anything of it
0: zombie uh, films and, and literature in our culture uh, I think we could do a whole podcast on that I remember reading in Culture Wars uh, about it but uh, suffice to say I think it's it's so popular with a lot of young people it resonates because the apocalypse for them has already happened people are zombies as you say because they're governed by their passions and they they've overthrown their reasons which as I say is to reverse the the operation of grace uh, and make it extremely let's say difficult uh, not impossible but difficult for grace to operate to transform infuse. and so they they see this wasteland where where that that's happened the another very well th- actually the defining feature of a satanic culture particularly according to uh, well this is um something Thaddeus Kaczynski wrote about in his recent book Modernity is Apocalypse the defining feature of a satanic culture is human sacrifice and Joseph de Maist argues that sacrifice possesses its own logic which is that of offering what is noblest to God for our own justification so sacrifice is, is a permanent feature of of human society and so You will see this attempt to keep offering that which is noblest to God and this feeds into Anselm's uh, theory of atonement. The human sacrifice you see in pagan times uh, has been replaced by the total offering of Jesus Christ and by being identified with him through baptism as he offers himself to the Father. So Christianity didn't simply get rid of human sacrifice as if it were nothing more than a moral corruption. It got rid of it by making it no longer necessary for replacing it with grace. De Maist argues that with the retreat from grace, human sacrifice, both intentional and cosmic, will, must begin again on a mass scale. And if that seems far-fetched, just consider the blood that cries out from the ground, which is surely a sacrifice to pleasure. As Malcolm Muggeridge said, the autism has replaced the cross as the, fo- as the object of Western man's longing and devotion. And this is human sacrifice on a mass just as demased and so many other Christian thinkers warned in this revolutionary process. So here we're seeing the fifth revolution in tendencies well underway already. Uh, we're seeing it in things like the Dutroux affair and the scandal and uh, all the the signs that occult activity the nexium cult the occult activity child sacrifice horrors blonde horrors are taking place especially amongst the powerful the oligarchs so how long is it before these these ideas uh, sorry these tendencies to inform ideas about satanism which then leads to the 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 establishment of a public cult of satan Uh, we don't know but obviously this uh, be a a greater motivation than ever uh, to to pray and be braced for quite how bad things might get i think it was the colombian philosopher nicolas gomez davila who said uh, modernity will not be punished modernity is punishment the worst god could give us would just be to leave us to our own uh, to the consequences of our own sinful actions.
1: Yeah that, that that's an excellent point uh that's made and you kind of see I see that being back in my hometown this sort of, a lot of people move to my state in my town and thinking to escape from California or back east or something like that we call the eastern seaboard and you know they sit here and drink all day on the porch you know there there is this civilizational exhaustion and I think you mentioned that quote from Malcolm Muggeridge but I've noticed, especially among young people, and I'm not trying to be ironic myself, but like beyond that, like that sort of stuff, sins of the flesh are born now, or they're commonplace. It's sort of like, well, become, you know, they become
0: ever more depraved because assimilation yeah. is actually a greater sin than fornication.
1: Yeah, there's, 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 it's sort of like there, there's, this, you know, something. Are uh, this like spiritual deadness this this lack of uh, th- there 's this irony where you have all this debauched behavior on one hand and then you have all this sort of like uh, bizarre uh asexual behavior as well mm-hmm. among the younger generations filtering up to the the other uh to the older um I guess uh, that there 's a couple things I, I want to quickly before you know whenever we have, we have to end. And one of them is a comment that Sister Lucy supposedly made to uh, Cardinal Kafara, uh, which was the final battle would be between uh, Our Lady and Satan about marriage. Yes. And it's something interesting. We have a priest here in America called Father Chad Ripper. I don't know if you've heard any of his talks on the oh, Internet. Of course, yes. Um, but he had mentioned that the rival of the Immaculate Heart is a particular theme. I mentioned his name, but it's in the Book of Tobit. And the Book of Tobit is a book about uh, marriage and marriage initially frustrated and the purity of Tobias, which is able to, which is symbolized by, you know, him burning the heart and the gall or, of the fish that feel points out to him and driving that particular demon who's in that uh, book away uh, to Egypt, interestingly, and where he was bound. And you know, battle between the Immaculate Heart of our ladies and the demons as well, over the issue of marriage and the family. And, and I thought, you know, reason has been the throne, the, uh, you know, we've lost our monarchy and our aristocracy, but, you know, the family has been torn to pieces and that is something that has made so many so many generations of people pray to the world you know there's an interesting analogy someone gave to me who he um i won't probably too much detail but he he grew up as a child in a in a uh cult and he was talking about it and he had said that uh there's this famous experiment where they have these um rats and they put them in this cage and it's a miserable little cage and then they give them water and they give them water with cocaine in it. And so, of course, the rats call the cocaine water and die and have heart attacks, whatever. And then they get some more rats and they build this really nice cage where a rat would really want to be in, where it's got jungle or whatever the rat's like. And the rats in that cage would not um, turn toward the cocaine. They just drank and did rat things and they had other rat friends and whatever in there. Um, And so I think that, that part of this, you know, traumatizing of the contemporary self and you mentioned before on air about how the covid scare is like this it creates this tremendous trauma and you know the breakdown of the family and marriages produces this as well and children so the children are just the individuals there that are just going to be preyed upon um by uh you know the internet or the oligarchs using these different um media tools
0: yes um, well, I, I, I'd certainly like to finish on a note of hope and, and um, hear some of your thoughts the the reign of, of Mary. So let's just, De Mate, uh, points out, no historical study is required to understand that today man commits in sin, justifies sin and lives in a greater state of sin than has ever been seen in history. The greatest scandal is that entire nations have morally defected well, witness the appalling scandal of once Catholic Ireland twice voting by around two-thirds for the legalisation of sins that cry to heaven for vengeance, infanticide and sodomy. And the inevitable result of this is the punishment from divine justice. Accordingly, one can say that the whole world is heading for one of the most furious clashes with God that history has ever known. The flood was a supreme punishment because of all mankind. Only Noah and his family were saved, but it was also an act of mercy because during the punishment, as St. Peter attested in 1 Peter uh, 3.19, many who otherwise had not, would have been lost, converted before dying. The worst of all evils is not death but sin, and death can sometimes be a grace. There's also an interesting point he raises, the three... The three ages, uh, and it's, this is by no means an article of faith, but the three ages, the age of the Father, which saw the, the deluge of water, the age of the Son, which was, saw the deluge of blood, and then the, the age of the Spirit, which we're living in now, which will see a deluge of fire. But certainly the, uh, there are many, many prophecies that speak of this coming imminent chastisement, which will then purify the world for the reign of mary a triumphant era for the holy roman church and a prodigious increase in the action of the holy ghost in her life the the reign of mary is not again an article of faith but it is something that we sits at the uh, the junction of hope and faith i certainly believe that it that it will happen well there's much to be said on it Um, i think saint louis marie grignon de montfort was perhaps most eloquent and it's interesting to to think about several things. The fact that during his canonization, Pius the Twelfth said that, without exaggeration, the Vendee uprising of 1793 was the work of his hands. And so these are all uh, the the counter revolution, which was really begun with that great uprising, was the the prefiguring, the foreshadowing of the reign of Mary. And this is something bishop schneider has pointed out before is that we can actually begin the reign of mary in our hearts now and that will that will that is an anticipation of the reign of mary in the world to come and the the triumph of the church we we do it is an article of faith that the the gospel will spread to all corners of the earth, which doesn't seem to have happened. There are whole civilizations, great civilizations like China and Japan, which have never become Catholic. So there will be a future triumph of the church before the, the final and worst corruption of the antichrist.
1: I would say that there's, there's a few points. Uh, one is that, you know, supposedly, you know, St. Michael, not just in Revelation 12, but there's, you know, so there's a book written, I have it right here about the, the argument that the angel of Adam is St. Michael. St. Michael will play a role in this battle uh, against, and you know, you have that famous vision of uh, Pope Leo the Thirteenth, and then the creation of the Saint Michael prayer and that uh, exorcism prayer as well. i would say it's interesting that supposedly, you know, during this reign or this this period of peace, which could be the reign of the the Heart, republics will be abolished. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like that, that was kind of Masonry's role. A lot of people, you and I were talking about this before you know, got an error. A lot of people like, oh, it's the Masons, the Masons, the Masons. I mean most Masonic temples I've seen are in disrepair in the United States. I don't doubt that there's it's kind of a friend of mine who um I guess I'll just say is is in T F P he said, you know, that that kind of club that that was something that the English speaking people especially, you know, Europeans were charged with as Masonry. I don't doubt they still I don't doubt they have influence in um places like Japan, that's kind of an unexplored uh, avenue, but uh, I think that's kind of Grandpa's Club, but that, that was mm. one of the stages of the revolution, is this overthrow of the old hierarchical system, which is ultimately, uh, you know, a thumb in the nose, uh, or an act of disrespect toward God. Um, interestingly, too, like I mentioned, there'll be, there'll be a return of a great monarch, and there'll be a return of holiness in the priesthood, Which implies Hmm. that in in another Catholic writer I'm talking about, it's like it's so hard to find priests. And even, you know, in the traditionalist movement, there is, you know, so many issues. And part of the reason, and someone explained this to me this way, and it goes back to some things we've been talking about, is that it's hard to find people who are mentally and emotionally capable of that you know it's just like you have this wreckage of humanity and how are you going to pull out that someone who is going to be celibate his entire life or you know i mean there are good priests but it's often hard to find them and interesting too last points is that supposedly during this period of priest this peace the six age of the church um the islam the power of islam will be broken yes and the vision of you know israel as well that there will be the construction of the temple which is underway i mean that they get they got all the things israelis have all the things they want to put in the temple they're just waiting <laughs> to kind yeah. of yeah and so both. things that this period will be as a period of peace interior peace and peace in the world and so i think that there's a problem you know as i mentioned before that that this fetishizing of violence hmm. on the internet in both the right and the left this is not a good and that this desire for war and conflict and aggression i think that You'll see this in American restaurants or like gyms, they'll have like CNN on one TV and Fox News on the other and all this discord and violence hmm. Hmm. that's being promoted is ultimately demonic. I'm not saying it's good to be, you know, a coward or that we shouldn't stand up for certain things, but it's to create discord and violence. And interestingly even the pagan myths, you know, have that the 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 story of the Trojan War where it's strife. Eris is not invited to the wedding and Eris throws this apple in there and causes this, you know, uh, ultimately, which leads to the story of the Trojan War, and, you know, that that is ultimately demonic, the devil, I mean, there's spirits aboard mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, that, that's, that's kind of what we're being prepared for. Ironically, as I mentioned at the very beginning, though, there's this apathy and fatigue that seems to be weighing it down, like, why is there not more violence, like, why is there not more conflict, we mm-hmm. probably will see it soon. Um, so I think, yeah, I definitely have hope and then interiorly, I mean, that message as, you know, I've written things critical, John Paul II that sort of thing, but one of the things I think he said was true is that the message of Fatima and I think the message of all these, you know, apparitions is not all this conspiracy or astronomy or this other stuff, but repent and believe in the gospel.
0: Amen. Well, I think that's a, a very suitable elevated note to finish I think we haven't done this subject justice at all, so I'd love to have you back on the show uh, at some point soon, uh, and we can continue talking about the reign of Mary. May the reign of Christ come through Mary.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you.
0: Thank you.